up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, and today is November 2nd, 2019. It's our week and a half late NBA season preview. Had promised this a few weeks ago, finally getting around to it. It's been a busy schedule with these Major League Baseball playoffs and the World Series and all this other stuff going on, all these other sporting events that I've had to watch. But baseball's over, and it's time to start looking at some of these winter sports. So today, have a really cool, really fun podcast planned, and we are going to be going in-depth previewing this NBA season. I've got a great guest joining me right now. He joined me over the summer, we did a little bit on NBA free agency and offseason happenings and broke down some of the moves that were occurring by some of these teams. And now we're going to project how these teams are going to do. Are you ready for this? Peter Funk, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's, uh, it's great to be back on the podcast. It really is. It's great to have you. You have had the most downloaded episode of the year. So hopefully <laughs> dip into that uh that pool of followers that you got uh, oh, for man, this episode. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything to get you uh, some more views, man. You deserve it. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Peter is also grad assistant with the Valparaiso men's basketball team. And I got to see him a couple weeks ago for their first preseason game. Yeah, it's, you always uh, you always surprise us. You just kind of, <laughs> it's, it's always a, you, you pop up and it's always great to see you. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun seeing you guys. Unfortunately, I was on my way back from Michigan and I had not I gotten up at like 6 a.m. that morning and <laughs> it was uh, I was up early and I was not able to stay for that whole game. I had to leave at halftime. Sometimes, Peter, when you are tired and you're like, OK, I got to drive two more hours. You're like, I shouldn't I shouldn't wait too late to do this <laughs> for no, my own I, personal no, I, safety. No, I fully understand you on that one. I really, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But, hey, I'm looking forward to college basketball season, which I will be recording a preview for uh, sometime over the next few days. That will be dropping this week as well. Oh, man, I'm definitely checking out that one for sure. (laughs) And I look forward to coming to some more games this year. Good, good. Can't wait to see you, man. (laughs) All right, Peter, let's get into it. So Peter and I are going to break down some of these teams and preview this season. And we are going to have a little help because we have seen a little bit of basketball. There has been some news. There have been some injuries, which we will talk about today. And that is going to alter the way that some of these teams may have been projected. But I don't know if it'll be too drastic. Uh most most notably Golden State. That's one that we will definitely mm-hmm. be getting into pretty soon here. But really, Peter, I don't feel like we're cheating too much. It's it's only been about 10 days or so of basketball. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. And I mean, um, I, you know, we haven't I don't think we've learned um, a whole lot about these teams. yet. a lot of it's what kind of we've already expected, like, other than, I guess, what you mentioned with Golden State. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, a lot still remain is, is remaining to be seen with um, pretty much all the teams in the NBA. So I agree with you. It's really not too late to to do a, to do a season preview. 
<laughs> Good stuff. All right, Peter. So here's how this is going to work. Peter and I have grouped these teams into three different categories. Uh, and we're going to start at the very beginning with the bottom of the pack. These are the teams that neither of us see as teams that we we think will sniff the playoffs. Uh, these teams are really going to be in contention for that number one overall pick, or at least probably, uh, they're probably like about, what, seven to ten of these teams that we will probably yeah. talk about yeah. as a top ten picks. Yep, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, so these will be the teams that will be in the top ten most likely next season. Peter, who are the? Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Who are those yeah. teams that you are looking at that you expect not to really? Uh, maybe they might be a little interesting and fun to watch on TV if you catch them sometime. Maybe when they're playing game on yeah. TNT or whatever. But who are those teams for you that you you don't see standing much of a chance this year? Yeah, well, the first team that definitely comes to mind, and this is kind of an unfortunate segue because this is the team that I would not check out even if they are on TNT um, because they're, in my opinion, really just not very fun to watch, and that would be the New York <laughs> Knicks. Um, I think I think the New York Knicks are probably the the right now the least uh, talented team in the NBA. Um, they have a really good young piece with R.J. Barrett, who I really like a lot and I think will be a good player, but I think when you talk about the conversation for the number one overall pick, yeah, throw the New York Knicks right up there. Um, uh, this pains me to say this, but I'm going to throw my Cleveland Cavaliers in there as well. Um, I think they're going to be better than I think people think they're going to be, um, but that's still only about maybe 30 wins, 35 wins, not really um, in contention for the playoffs. Um, uh, there's probably there's probably some uh, some Bulls fans on here too listening. Um, I do. They are they have an interesting young core, but I don't know if they have. Um, the leader of that young core. What I mean by that is like the the guy that you can kind of point to and say this is the face of the franchise. Lloyd Markkinen's great. Wendell Carter's great. Um, Chris Dunn, Kobe White. They have a great young core, but I don't. I can't. They've had that unfortunate luck where they've had kind of like six through ten, as opposed to one through five, where like the blue chip um, franchise changing players are. Um, you know, like what happened when they got Derrick Rose. So maybe this will be their year. Maybe they get some luck and they get a top three pick and they can get a, a real um, uh, mover and shaker in there. Um, uh, I'll throw the Charlotte Hornets in there as well. Losing Kemba Walker was <laughs> yeah. definitely tough. And replacing Kemba Walker with Terry Rozier isn't really um, <laughs> really filling the void. Um, uh, and the last team, and again, this a little bit remains to be seen. Uh, I'll throw the Washington Wizards there as well. Um, if John Wall maybe has a good season, Bradley Beal has a good season, but the inconsistency, they've lost some talent. They're a little bit younger. They're probably that fourth team um, that, I, that I would throw in there as well. Um, but, yeah, that would, that would be um, the four teams that I would really kind of write off um, in the Eastern Conference. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these teams. Yeah. I want to start with your Cleveland Cavaliers. I like this young core. I do, too. I do, too. I think this backcourt of Garland and Sexton has the potential to be a little bit, maybe not quite Lillard and McCollum. I might mm-hmm. be a little too early to say that, but maybe there's a little bit of De'Aaron Fox at Buddy Heald there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I really like their backcourt as well, um, but I think it just it's going to take them a little bit longer. Um, I think yeah. they got a they obviously they're two guys that you know prior to coming to Cleveland. 
They're, they were ball-dominant guys. They both played on college teams where they were the blue-chip prospect. They were the guy. Darius Garland's obviously coming off the injury, and he's looked fine so far. But I agree with you. I really like what, what the Cavs are doing, and that makes me excited. But I still think they're probably, they're probably two or three years away from competing yeah. for the playoffs. But I have not disagreed with the move that they have made so far. Um, hiring John Beeline, I think, was great. Um, the, the, obviously, drafting Sexton um, and, and drafting Darius Garland have been good. Have been great selections as well. So I agree with everything they're doing. But obviously, these um, the roster was kind of left pretty decimated when LeBron left. Um, and so I think you know it, these things just take time. I still think they're probably two, three years away. Yes, and I, I would agree with you on that. I think all these teams that you have listed are in this category. I would agree with you. Um, I just think out of these teams, I'd say I think they're going to end up being the most fun to watch. It will yeah. be interesting yeah. to see, though. Do you think they trade Kevin Love this year? It is interesting to see as well. Um, and I, and I, I don't know um, because my hunch says that if they were looking to move him, I think they already would have moved him. Um, but I still think that they they signed him to a long term extension. Um, I you know they they've kind of still invested in him when he was hurt most of last year. Um, so I still think that they they feel that um, he has some value in their future. Because um, my my feeling says that if he if they they were looking to kind of rebuild, start fresh, get some pieces for him, I think they would have already moved him already. Obviously, things could change based on how the season goes, but. As of right now, my gut says I think they I think they hold on to him. Yeah, and we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, maybe a team like Portland could yeah. use another guy yeah, like that's that. True. I mean, that would be huge for them, really. But you're right. The, some team could come along and say that see a, a dire need for Kevin Love, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. To get the right offer. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the Bulls are an odd team because Kobe White. In his first few, well, I shouldn't say starts because he's been coming off the bench. Uh, His first few games, he's looked very good. He's put up 20 on uh, more than one occasion and has really looked good. And he's still coming off the bench. I don't really know what head coach Jim Boylan is really going for with some of this stuff that he's uh, teaching his team in terms of, I don't know if you saw this, Peter, but... They have punch cards. They have to punch into work every day. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like that, a football coach trying to coach a, an, an NBA roster. Yeah, and that never usually goes well. So, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have a, a lot of respect for Fred Hoiberg, and they, uh, you know, they didn't feel that he was the right guy to lead. So, um, but, you know, Again, with the Bulls, I think they're very similar to the Cavs. I think they're probably two or three years away at best of competing. Um, you know, they they just they have a lot of good pieces, but you know, I don't I don't know who you point to on that roster and say, you know, he's the best player, he's the franchise player, he's the you know the guy. I don't think you can point to any of those guys right now and say that that's who that is. Um, and and the NBA, it's it's really really hard to win when you don't have that. It's really really hard to win. I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of a step Markinen yeah, might take yeah, this absolutely. year in his third year. I like him a lot. I think Kobe White is going to be interesting to see if he does get into that starting rotation. Maybe those two guys become that uh, face, yeah. those the two guys that you can build your team around. But 
other than that, I mean, you got Zach Levine who yeah. can score but doesn't play a whole lot of defense. And, I yeah, I, I do think that they're still going to be uh, somewhere in the top 10 picks next year. They might not. I, I don't know, though. They might win too many yeah, games. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe they surprise us. But, yeah. I, I mean, they might win too many games to get a high, yeah, too high of a pick. Course, get like the, uh, like the 10 to 14. To where you're not in the playoffs, yeah. you're not you're not in the top ten. Yeah, those are, those are frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Washington Wizards. Did they just lock up Bradley Beal? Uh, two year deal. So kind of sort of. Okay. Um, it was the max, but um, again, I feel like we've been waiting on the Wizards um to really yeah. be a, a a force in Eastern Conference. I think they've kind of gone in a downward trajectory. Um, I I I think that they're kind of the the best of the four of the of the teams I just named, um, but they've just they've been disappointing, and that you know they've lost a bunch of guys and, um, and and haven't really haven't really brought in any new impact players. And John Walls had his injury issues, and um, you know I love John Wall and I love Bradley Beal, but it might be time for them to uh, kind of turn the corner with the franchise and uh, maybe make some moves, but. Uh, to me, I, I, I just I, I don't trust the, either one of those two enough to really lead them to to a playoff run. But I will say they're probably the best of the four. Um, of oh, you, you actually listed five: Cavs, Hornets, Bulls, Wizards, Knicks. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, probably probably best of the five. Best of the five um, of of those teams uh, that I listed. Anyone interesting on the Hornets to keep an eye on this year? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I want to say Terry Rozier, um, just to see uh, how he comes along. But really, uh, you know, nobody nobody really comes to mind. I think they, I think they, the the, the Hornets. Unfortunately, you know, when you lose your uh, your franchise player, um, you, uh, you you gotta try to go out and find a new one. You know, and I think that's kind of where that's yeah. kind of where they are right now. And um, you know, losing Kemba was tough and. They, they, they got a little bit of work to do, unfortunately. How about the Knicks? Anyone you like there, keep an eye on? I mean, I like Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, he's, he's pretty explosive. You know, R.J. Barrett got a lot of flack um, for, you know, maybe being a ball hog or um, demanding the spotlight with Zion. Um, but I, I think he's really talented, and he's got a great mindset. And, um, you know, I... I he, I don't, he's probably he's definitely the most talented player on the Knicks roster. So, I would say R.J. Barrett to see how he does in his first NBA season is probably the most interesting to me. Uh, mostly just because you know I don't the Knicks are a twenty-five win team at best, um, and you know the, we'll 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 see if anybody comes and, and stands out for the Knicks. But um, I, I, I'm not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of their roster, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, you know what's odd is they picked up, they went out and they scooped up like four different power forwards. Yeah. In this in free agency, uh, they got Portis, Marcus Morris, Randall, and Taj Gibson. Yeah, very. Yeah, all just kind of like a like a hodgepodge of guys right there, you know. <laughs> Some tough players, but yeah, just kind of a, a random mix of guys, which is kind of how I feel about their roster overall. And, you know, maybe they throw it together. Maybe they do okay, but uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too optimistic about their their season coming up. All right, let's move over to this K 
category in the Western Conference, Peter. Who are the who are the teams that you see uh, as the other bottom teams now in the West? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll start with the Kings, and, and the Kings are intriguing, uh, like you mentioned earlier with with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, but I, I still think they're 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 probably a couple of years away. Um, I'll, I'll keep the Phoenix Suns in there. I think the Suns will be improved. Um, but we got to see how their young pieces develop. We'll see how DeAndre Ayton develops. We'll see how if Devin Booker can take that next step. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw the uh, the Oklahoma State Thunder in there. Um, you know they were in a tough position with Paul George, um, have, having to move him, but moving him and Russell Westbrook, I think they've kind of they've with all the draft picks and all the, the stuff that they've accumulated from the Rockets and the Clippers. I think they're ready to kind of. Uh, um, to get slow with the rebuild of their organization. Um, and then the Memphis Grizzlies, who, I, again, they also have some good young pieces, but I still think Jaron Jackson and John Morant need a year or two to develop, so I think I can kind of write them off. Um, and, yeah, that, that would be, uh, that would be my, my, my bottom teams. Suns, Grizzlies, Kings, just three of them? And the, uh, the Thunder. So we got oh, and the Thunder. Yeah, yep. that's four. Okay. I like the Kings, actually. They won 39 games last year, and I think they're heading in the right direction. I would not put them in this bottom category. I see. That, I think they're going to win more games. Now, maybe maybe the problem is the West is just going to be so tough, and there are so many yeah. solid teams. But I, I would probably put them in the next tier that we're going to talk about. But I... I like Bagley. I like those two guards. And they added a couple of veterans like Ariza, brought back Harrison Barnes. I think this team could – I would not be surprised if they end up sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think I, I, I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald uh, and Bagley develop a little more. Um, you know, I think for them to make the playoffs, I think one of those three needs to be an all-star. I think De'Aaron Fox is probably the closest. Um, yeah. Uh, but you, you brought up some great points about you know they they do have a lot to be uh, very optimistic about, and you know maybe that's something we learn throughout the season. You know maybe that we learn just how good you know th- this young core is, and, may- and maybe they did, maybe you're right. Maybe they're the team that that kind of sneaks into the sneaks into the playoffs. Um, I, I but for me personally, I would like to see a little more from from De'Aaron Fox. Um, or Buddy Heald, you know, maybe one of them becomes an all-star. And I think if one of them becomes an all-star, I think uh, I think they, they have an absolutely great shot of making the playoffs. I think they picked up a nice underrated center here uh, that quietly puts up numbers. I'm talking about Dwayne Dedman. I like yeah, him. Yeah, he he does. I'm sure a lot of a lot of your uh, your listeners probably don't really know who that is. Um, <laughs> he did a nice job with Magic. Did a nice job with the Spurs. Um, yeah, he, he's going to be sneaky. Atlanta, too. Atlanta, yeah, he 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 is a sneaky good player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Where's where's Cully Stein now? Where'd he go? Uh, the, the Warriors. Well, I'm sure we'll get to them very soon here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because the Warriors now, with Steph Curry hurting his wrist uh, just a few nights ago, and he's going to miss three months, a lot of people are expecting them to tank, and it's really interesting to look at them because you could really put them in here. I think you could put them in the next tier. I don't see them as a top-tier team anymore. 
Uh, Clay's going to miss the entire season. We know that now. And really, I guess we'll see what ends up happening with D'Lo because D'Lo could end up being a guy that they, maybe they trade. Yeah, uh, the Warriors definitely are probably the most interesting team we'll talk about in terms of the, the categories we're putting them in. And I, I'm not quite ready to put them into the, the no playoff category um, <laughs> yeah. just quite yet. I'm, I'm, it's just hard because you know they're the defending champs, but they they got a lot of stories. No, they're not anymore, Peter. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. They're not the defending champs. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I'm just so used to them just you know being the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, but I, I'm not ready to kind of say that there there's no chance. But they you know they they got a lot of storylines going on this year, and uh, and, and you know they'll be a very interesting team to follow for sure. Okay, so let's talk about a couple other topics. Thunder, Chris Paul in this situation, it just feels so weird. It does. It really does because it kind of feels like he's like uh, been sent there kind of meaningless. Like, yeah. um, you know, like he, he or we're done with Chris Paul or he's kind of turned the page in his career. He's kind of an old man now. It, it is very, it's very weird. I agree with you seeing him in this, uh, in this setting. It's a, It's at the point where it's like people... I was listening to one of my friends uh, who just joined me on the last podcast, Chad Vaughthering. He's got the Cheap Seats podcast. And on his podcast, Chad accidentally goofed up and just said, Chris Paul, he's on the heat now. It's like that trade got talked about so much (laughs) as a potential trade destination that we've now tricked ourselves into thinking that that is where Chris Paul is. It's not. I don't think that was a yeah, bad mistake. It. I think that could be a common error from other people as well. <laughs> right, right. Because you were just, yeah, you're just kind of, you know, it's hard to follow. It's, it's hard to follow that he's still on. He's on the Thunder now. It just feels, just feels bizarre. Yeah, it's out just, of place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna give you a guy that I like on the Thunder to keep an eye out for this year. You want to guess who it is? I think I kind of know who he is, but I'll let you say. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he is definitely something to keep there on. They uh, the Thunder knew what they were doing in that trade. Um, he was the only player they got. They got a ton of draft picks, but that was a very smart decision. He had a great great rookie season. Um, he's had a good start to the season right now. He's he, I, he's absolutely something to keep an eye on. I was very fortunate. I had to miss my. NBA fantasy draft and I saw no one drafted him. So he was Oh my goodness. I picked him up and on waivers and we have like a six what? Yeah, we have a sixteen man deep league. I, and nobody picked him up? Nobody picked him up and he's Jeez. been putting up numbers for me in these first two weeks. There you go. I like this game go. a lot. I do too. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> it's a sixteen person league. I know, right? That's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> uh Ja Morant in Memphis, potential yeah. rookie of the year candidate, right? Especially with Zion out. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. He he's definitely going to be up there, no doubt about that. Um, and he he's an explosive player, extremely fun to watch. I love everything that he does. Um, but I, I again, I just don't know if the Grizzlies are. It's at first you can't rely on a rookie. In most cases, to lead you to the playoffs, that really doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ron, Kobe, they don't. They didn't make the playoffs their first year. Um, and Carmelo you know, I, did. I think that, Believe yeah, it or not, <laughs> wow, that's that is crazy. Um, 
but I, I think the Grizzlies as a team kind of need a year, especially moving on from Mike Conley. Um, I think they probably need a year or two to get themselves back into contention. But I, again, I, I love everything they've done. John Moran's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal talent to build around. Jaron Jackson has been very productive so far. They're going in the right direction, but as we see in the NBA, these things kind of they take time sometimes trying to develop your younger players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other question you can ask with Memphis is we talk about some of these teams like the Kings. The Kings are a team that's trying to get into the playoffs this year. Memphis, I don't think that's the case. I think they'd be happy yeah. picking high these next couple of years to give Jaw yeah. some weapons uh, and some a nice young core to build around. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that, and um, they're probably looking. They're probably looking at the long haul here, which is uh, which is why yeah, I, I feel like we can kind of we can kind of write them off. <laughs> and the Suns, quietly one of the most dysfunctional organizations. Now, maybe maybe not from yeah. a leadership standpoint, but just as a, an organization that's been stuck for several years now, post Steve Nash. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, there is a. I mean, I did. It's. I. I never am a fan of firing a coach after one year. Yeah. I'm never a fan of that. Um, Monty Williams is one of the best people you'll find. Their their new coach, but uh, even so, I think it's hard to for a team structure to fire a coach after a year. But you know, I, you know, they felt they, they did what they felt what was best for the pro or for the, for the team and for the organization. Um, but I, you know, I feel so bad for them. Um, specifically because I think if they had just gotten John Morant, they would not be in this category because they really got some nice pieces around them, but they just they just don't have the the guy that kind of makes it all go. Yeah, they need a point guard. Yeah, and you know Ricky Rubio has just been too inconsistent for me um, to say that that, that they're going to be able to turn the corner. Um, and so if they had if they had John Morant would really have been the perfect piece to kind of round out this roster and, and actually put together a, a potential playoff contender they didn't get that and so I think they're still just an incomplete team DeAndre Aiden has not really quite lived up to his number one pick stats not that not that I think well he's, he's only bust. played one year right so I don't you know I don't think he's a bust or anything but um I think he still he still has left some to be desired he's a work in progress he is absolutely so. Um, I, I think again, they're they're still probably a couple of years away, and yeah, you're right. They've just been kind of stuck. They haven't really found a, a way to turn the corner since since Steve Nash, and they've just kind of been in in the same spot and kind of treading water a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, and I I like Ricky Rubio. I just like him a lot more in a situation on a team that has more pieces that are more cemented like like what the jazz had Uh, i don't think he's the answer in this instance i think they need an upgrade at that position in order for this team to take another step um you know it's interesting they dumped josh jackson they gave up on him after two years yeah oh yeah yeah you know it is an interesting decision to do that to the top um a top four pick, um, but you know, I, I obviously don't know what's going on, but you know, behind closed doors or what he was like to deal with, and there might be some stuff there that maybe we don't know. But it, it's it's that those are kind of things right there, but that make you 
that that stick you in one place and don't help you advance when you miss out yeah. on on when you get a chance like to get the, the fourth pick in the draft and uh, it doesn't work out that obviously that kind of that kind of makes you stick a little bit yeah and a pretty talented draft class at that as well yeah, yeah absolutely so that actually will make some that's an interesting story for Memphis is if he could be a good reclamation project there yeah that that would be that would be nice uh, you know I'd, I'd love to see him do well but um yeah maybe yeah you're right. maybe maybe Phoenix just wasn't the spot for him and uh and maybe Memphis will work out better and you know he was he he wowed everybody his year at Kansas he he's definitely a, a unique and special talent so we will see for sure all right Let's talk about the next tier of teams in the Eastern Conference. These are the teams that most likely are teams on the rise. Uh, They're solid teams that are going to be contending for a playoff spot. Uh, Maybe in some cases they could be a team that has fallen from last year, but I think for the most part this is a category with teams that look like they're on the up and uh, will be interesting to watch. Who do you see in this category as good teams, but at least solid teams to good teams that should could be in playoff contention, but not legitimate contenders? Yeah, well, the first team I'll start with is the uh, is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I mean, the the start to the year and the year that based on last year that, that Trey Young has had um, has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he he was brought in to be the, the, the Steph Curry type player. And he has, I mean, he's really lived up to it. He, he has picked up yeah, ridiculous numbers. Um, John Collins is a, uh, a, a really good young player that not a lot of people know about. Not a lot of people are talking about. Um, they're very well coached. Lloyd Pierce does a great job. Um, they're a team that I don't know if they'll make the playoffs quite yet, but I could see them being ninth, 10th. Um, and I could see them kind of getting a little more attention. Um, from people and getting a little more of a following, um, just because I think Trey Young is a is a a, a budding superstar. Um, the next team I think would probably be the Miami Heat. Um, I I think they're the perfect in contention for the eighth seed um, because Jimmy Butler has been uh, is somebody that I think could probably could get them to the eighth seed. Um, but again, the the story with them has been their their rookie Tyler Hero has been putting up really impressive numbers so far, not only in the preseason, but in, in to the start to this season. Um, and their other rookie, Kendrick Nunn, um, who's actually starting at their point guard for them now, has also been doing the same thing. Um, and neither Tyler Hero is a late lottery, and Kendrick Nunn was undrafted. So they, um, with those two guys, plus Jimmy Butler, they are uh, a very interesting team to watch, and I would not be surprised to see them see them get the eighth seed. Um and the other team is probably the Indiana Pacers. I think the I think they're uh, uh, very similar to the Heat, and um, I know a lot of my friends probably think they're going to do a little bit better. I think they're probably going to be around the seven eight range. I think they will probably make the playoffs, um, but it'll probably be probably I think around around that area um, once Victor Oladipo gets healthy. Um, and the last team, the last team I'll say is probably the, the Orlando Magic. Um, it, they're kind of one of those teams, Jack, that I think they, they've been kind of stuck a little bit too. Um, I think they'll fight for con, for contention. I think they'll, um, you know, they'll be in that mix. I don't, I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs or not, um, but they're probably that next, that when, you, when you talk about you know, a good, solid team that, that should be 
in contention to make the playoffs. I think they're definitely that team. Interesting. So do you know the timetable on Oladipo? Not off the top of my head, but I, I, I can I can check it out for you. So I think, uh, Peter, I, I don't know when he's coming back. Uh, if you're able to pull that up, that'd be awesome. But uh, the thing I'd say is, I think this team can contend in the East with a healthy Oladipo. I really like this core with him, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. I think Sabonis, who just got extended, could end up being an all-star caliber player. Uh, I have always liked his potential. I like him on this roster. He's starting this year, and there's some good weapons on this team. It's a deep roster. I'm interested in seeing how Aaron Holiday does after Darren Collison retired i think this could end up being a very very good team i would see them as a top five seeded team in the east and i think could be a team that surprises some people come playoffs we saw them go toe-to-toe with your Cavs just two years ago uh, a series that went to seven games they really pushed them and gave them the best challenge of those playoffs I think with a healthy Oladipo, this team can contend. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I really like their young core. My, my thing is, I think it's actually more the, uh, to the credit of the Eastern Conference. I think um, it, we, it's a bit deeper and a little more even. Um, yeah. and, and again, the, the injury to Oladipo might leave, leave some question marks as to whether, you know, if, if they are to contend, he's got to come back and he's got to, He's got to be the, the the star that he was before he was before he was injured, um, and and I guess that's that's probably my concern. Um, but I, I do love Sabonis. Um, you know, getting Malcolm Brogdon definitely helps. Yeah, um, and I think they absolutely will be in the playoffs. I don't know if they're if I'm ready to put them into that top tier uh, quite yet, but I think uh, I, I I agree with a lot of your points. I think they they have a really good young core and. You know, we'll we'll see just uh, just how uh, how Oladipo does when he when he comes back. Sometime in December, most likely. Yep, that's what I just found too. At least December. So, I don't know. I think if Oladipo comes back and plays to the level that he has over the last couple of years, or even continues to progress, I think this team could end up being a little similar to. Dare I say it? Last year's Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna have to have a great year for that to happen. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's anything's possible, you know. Yeah. So maybe I'm dreaming a little too much here. Maybe this is a little too much of a hot take. But other than that, I'm on the <laughs> same page with you about a lot of these teams. I could, I would be, I would not be surprised if Atlanta ends up dipping into the other category below them, just in the sense yeah. of. Trey Young did get injured. It doesn't sound like it's a serious injury, but if a guy like Trey Young ends up getting hurt and has to miss serious time, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, all right, let's try to get another guy in the next draft. Let's try to tank a little more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely possible, but they're, they're going to be a fun team. I'm glad you brought up John Collins. He's off to a great start this year. There's some nice weapons there. Cam Reddish is going to be interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And they wore, out of all the teams last year, when it comes to alternate uniforms, 
they wore my favorites. You know what I'm talking about? Did you see the uniforms they wore last year that looked like the old 1970s Philadelphia Phillies uniforms? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those were awesome. Those were so cool. That was the night that they beat the Lakers, too. Oh, man, maybe they bring those out again this year. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I would love to see that. Like, if that became their regular uniform or, like, their regular alternate <laughs> that they wore for, like, 30 games this year, that would make me so happy. Let's cross our fingers. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. So do you see Toronto as a legitimate contender in this conference? You know, I do. And um, and the reason I say that is um, the reason I have them as a contender is um, I think I think Pascal Siakam becomes one, a, a top 15 player in the NBA this year. Um, I think people underestimate um, both his trajectory and how – much of a contributor he was to that NBA Finals championship. Now, I, I don't think they will win the East. I don't think they will repeat as champions. But I still have them as probably a top five team um, in the Eastern Conference because I think, you know, even with, with all that Kawhi Leonard did, um, to have them to win it last year was so was a lot more than Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. And, uh, and all those pieces are back. So, I, obviously, I think Kawhi was Not Danny Green. Right, not Danny Green, but you still have Marcus Gasol, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, and obviously Siakam is the big one. Serge Ibaka is back. Uh, Nick Nurse, the, their coach. Um, so I, I think the the difference in them being the first seed in the East, winning the East, winning the NBA championship was Kawhi Leonard. But to say that they are uh, no longer a contender at all, um, I think feels like uh you're we're, we're kind of writing off everything else that contributed to them winning the nba championship i think they're probably a um a second round playoff team at best um but i, I still have them as probably uh, one of my top five teams in the east interesting okay so if you see them as a second round team in the playoffs at best i guess it just depends on your definition of contender because i i don't yeah. see that it's if that's their ceiling i don't see that as a contender but i do think they're going to be good yeah i mean I, I i i just i have them in that kind of i guess i guess my when i'm thinking of contender i think of just kind of the upper echelon yeah of of the eastern conference and i still think that they fall uh they fall in there i guess that that's if that makes sense a little bit <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah um okay i'll ask you about one other teams that you brought up orlando magic who are you looking to watch this year on that roster uh I'm, and i think for savage uh they're, they're center yeah um and then jonathan isaac i mean who, he he's extremely intriguing he's he's six ten six ten six eleven with guard skills um he feels like somebody that i think should be good uh, at some point, um, he's had a, had a pretty good start to the season, um, but we'll see. I feel like the the Magic are kind of like the Suns; they've kind of been stuck. Yeah. Um, and you know they're not a terrible team. Um, you know Fournier and DJ obviously you know that those guys are, are pretty good, and they're not a terrible team where I can say that I'm going to write them off completely. I don't know if they'll be a playoff team. Um, but I, I think they fit this mold of uh, a solid team. Uh, and then maybe, you know, maybe Jonathan Isaac has a great season. Maybe Vucevic has a great season, and that kind of catapults them up into the playoffs. But uh, I think 
I think they kind of fit this category. They're kind of the, the defining team of this category. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to stay in the East or you want to do this category in the West? It's your show, man. It's up to you. <laughs> Let's stay <laughs> in the works. East while we're here. Okay. Cool. So the contenders. That leaves. Yeah. You've got Philly. You've got Boston. You've got Toronto. You've got Milwaukee. Anyone else? You know, I'll throw the Nets in there. Um, you know, uh, we never listed off the Pistons. Yeah, I'd probably throw the Pistons probably in that second category. I miss that. <laughs> that's that's my bad. You, you kind of forget about them. They're just kind of there. You know, <laughs> uh, I, you know I'll, I'll throw the Nets in, in that category. Just oh, yeah we, didn't, yeah, we didn't talk about the Nets. I, I think they're probably that second category until Kevin Durant comes back. Um, but... When, when when Kevin Durant is back, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can't put them as a contender, and and that could be not at all this season, um, that but that could be halfway through the season, that could be uh, at the end of the season, um, that could be halfway through the first round of the playoffs, um, you know, at any point that Kevin Durant comes back, they they're a hundred percent in my mind a contender, um, and saw so, you know. In my mind, I'm under the assumption that he'll be back at some point this season. I could be wrong on that, but um, and I think the moment that Kevin Durant steps on the court, they are 100% a contender. I think that he's not going to play this year just because, look, I got no sources. Both of us are just guessing at this point, <laughs> but we saw the danger of him coming back early in last year's playoffs, and I think he's yeah, just yeah. going to want to be cautious. So that's what, And that's just such a hard injury to come back from yeah that's true um my 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 concern is that you know maybe they're going to be the seventh eighth seed i think they will make the playoffs because i like karis lavert obviously with having kyrie irving and and they're very well coached um they actually have a pretty solid roster they've kind of put together after they they were pretty pretty decimated um but you know I, i'm thinking after you're like the, the 76ers or you're the celtics and you get the Nets in the first round of the playoffs, and you win game one, and then Kevin Durant is fully healthy. You know, I think the Nets maybe win that series. Yeah. And, uh, and at that point, I don't know how you cannot put them in. But, you know, maybe he, you're right. There, there's obviously that chance that, that they want to take it easy with the injury, and it could, he can never be the same KD again, and, you know, all those things. But, I, I don't want to not put them in there, and then Katie comes back, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, they're definitely a contender now. So, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I like that you prefaced that and clarified that you don't see them as like a an excellent regular season team in terms yeah. of a team that's going to win 55 games or anything like that. Right. You see them right. as a lower seed in the East, but that ceiling is totally there if Durant oh, comes back. So absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I should have started with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. All right, so let's talk about some of these other teams. Which one would you say that you like the best? I'll, I'll probably put Milwaukee up there. Um, I think I think I probably like Milwaukee the best, uh, just because I feel like their their time is coming. Um, I, I think I think Giannis is he's obviously winning the MVP. He solidified himself. Um, that you know they return losing Malcolm Brogdon definitely definitely hurt, um, but I think uh, the mold of consistency that they have, I think um, they're they're the team that I probably like the best. But I, I think the Celtics are not very far behind. I think the Celtics, 
we got to see how their how how their their younger players, specifically Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, see how they um, how they play this season, how they develop. Um, which is what's holding me back on the Celtics because I really like Brad Stevens. Yeah. I really like Kemba Walker. I really like Gordon Hayward. I like the 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 kind of the the culture change of moving on from Kyrie. I like that all a lot, but if they're going to be a, a title contender, they 100% need this game from his rookie year and probably a little bit better. And if they have that, they I think they win the East, but he's too big of a concern for me right now. Um, and Milwaukee doesn't have as many concerns to me. You know, I, I, you kind of know what you're going to get from that roster. Um, you kind of, they don't have as many doubts, and that's what I think is holding the Celtics back. But I do like all the decisions, everything they've done in the offseason. And so I, I would probably put this, the, the Bucks first, the team I like the most, and the Celtics just behind them. Yeah, it's like there are several teams here that we both really like, but I don't think there's anyone to absolutely love yeah. that we see as a oh, slam yeah. dunk team no, I, I, to win. I completely agree. And, and that's almost like what's so fun about this is, you know, it's not just Cleveland and Golden State anymore. It's, yeah. you know, any of these teams win it. And you don't know that it's going to be Boston. You don't know that it's going to be Milwaukee. It could be, it could be anybody. And that's what makes it so fun. And I would be all in on Boston as the number one team had they, if they still had Al Horford. Yeah. That, um, I love Al Horford. That was bizarre to me. I think that's a big loss. I, I think it is too. And I really don't know what exactly happened. Um, I think he's had an opportunity to cash in and get one more big contract and he took it. That would be my guess. Yeah. I think he he wanted four years, and Boston wanted to give him three. And, and to me, I just don't know why Boston just wouldn't just say, I'll, I'll, "We'll give you four. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it, it, that's what they decided to do. What they thought was best, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting decision. Such a stable force for that team. Great yeah. clubhouse guy or locker room guy, and a great leader for the roster and. I, this is a young team. I mean, Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker are vets, so there is some leadership there. But I thought he was just such a great influence mm-hmm. on those young guys, yeah. uh, especially when you had some uh, maybe not great influences <laughs> in that <laughs> locker room last year. Who shall remain nameless. <laughs> so it's interesting to see. I'm like, I like Robert Williams. I think he's going to be fun to watch. He's a high-ceiling yeah, oh yeah. player. But he has had some issues yeah. off the court. There are some questions about maybe work ethic and some of the stuff like that and just getting into some other trouble. There's some other nice young players on this bench, you and I being Midwest guys who you currently live in Indiana and I lived in Indiana for a couple of years. You know, I am so excited to watch Carson oh, Edwards man. and Romeo Langford. Oh, man. Did you see what he did in the preseason? He had what? He had eight. <laughs> Eight threes on my calves. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It'll be interesting to see what Cantor gives to them, too. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he won't be any, he won't be like Al Horford, but, you know, he's a, he's a rim protector. He rebounds. He, he can score 10, 15 a game. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's what they need. You know, maybe if, if, if Kemba scoring and Hayward scoring and Tatum scoring, that's probably all they needed. Um, you know, it, it, when you lose, when you lose an interior presence like Horford, I think they did the right thing. I'm just getting a uh, a stable, consistent not you know maybe not a great player, but a consistent, stable center, and and that's definitely Nis Cantor. 
Yeah, and everyone's favorite bench player this year, Taco Fall. Oh man, oh man, he is. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. They actually they took a picture of him staying next to Enos, Enos Cantor, and you know Enos Cantor is a seven foot tall dude, big dude, and he looked like a normal height staying next to Taco <laughs> Fall. I mean, it's unbelievable how tall that man is. Yeah, that's awesome. So I. I like this team. I'm curious to see, you know, Jalen Brown. He just got a big contract extension. Yeah, it's, it's time to time to play like it. You know, time to play like it. I think Tatum is going to take a step in the right direction this year, and I think he's going to look a lot more like the guy that we saw in the playoffs two years ago without Kyrie. And I think oh, without man. Kyrie yeah. being there, it's going to yeah. be oh yeah a great opportunity for him. And I think Hayward can also be a bigger contributor this year than he was last year. He might be slept on a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think all those are, are reasons why you got to consider them for the, for the top team. I, I just, it, to me, I, like I said, Tatum and Brown, uh, they, if they want to win the East and I fully believe the Celtics can win the East, um, mostly because of all the points that you just made, they have to they have to be consistent um, big time contributors um, because you know we love Kimball Walker and he he had a great career but he's never really carried a team that far um, so to rely just on him or maybe just on Gordon Hayward you know these guys are vets but they haven't they haven't con- competed for titles before um, so really the, you know the the more scoring the more offensive firepower they have I think obviously will help. Um, help them more, and I, I just need I need to see it consistently. And like like you said, if if, he, if Tatum is the same as he was um, two playoffs ago, I think I, I think they definitely win the East. The other thing is, so then we talk about Milwaukee. We can talk. I think this is probably gonna this is gonna be the one seed. Yeah, I think they're the best regular season team out of this bunch. But then you wonder. Is this going to happen to Eric Bledsoe every time in the playoffs that he just can't really perform and really deliver? And what's going to happen with Giannis after he kind of slumped a little bit towards the in the second half of that series against Toronto? I mean, Toronto had a historically excellent defensive team last year, and they had Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard is no longer in the East anymore. So I don't know. I think there are question marks with all these teams. And you could talk about Philly. And you talk about Philly, oh, yeah. and you could like them as a maybe a three seed and a really really good team. And Horford, it's going to be interesting to see Horford and and Bead playing together. Horford definitely was much more needed in Boston, uh, but in Philly he can contribute as a guy that is just a great leader for these right. young guys on their roster. But at the same time, can I really picture Philly? playing in the finals next year i just don't know like yeah it's so wide open yeah that, and that's what makes it so fun is uh yeah is all these teams got things that excite you but then they got some question marks and uh and you just kind of have the top tier as opposed to, like the top team and it's going to be a fun season it's going to be a, a fun playoff because which of these questions are going to be answered or left unanswered and um that, that's why this, we got the most, probably the most exciting NBA season we've probably had in a, in a long time. Very long time. The last season that I think was this interesting, and this is like, here's the thing. Ever since the big three formed in Miami yeah. and then LeBron went to Cleveland, it seemed like the East has been on lockdown. But 
The Western Conference for a few years there was excellent before Golden State built their empire. Yeah, I look back to the 2015 year, which was the first year that Golden State won the West and they ended up winning the title that year. I think that year we saw a super competitive West with the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Spurs, the Clippers, a lot of really, oh, and OKC, of course, Houston, just so many talented, deep teams. And that's what it reminds me that this year is going to be. And that's that's what it should be, Peter, because yeah. like go, going back to when I was a kid, there was always a little bit of hope of an eight seed could beat a one seed or a, two, a seven seed could beat a two seed. But that hasn't been the case in recent years. Yeah, and it's good that the NBA is kind of moving back toward that. Because like you said, it's just... Uh, it's like, you know, that hope and that excitement as opposed to like, you know, all right, we'll turn the TV on when it's Cavs Warriors and, you know, or, or it's Heat Spurs and we can we can see the two best teams. And until then, you know, we know who's going to make it. But this year, we, we know we have no idea who's going to make it. So it's yeah. the anticipation, the excitement, the possible upsets, you know, it's it's all really exciting. So I'm going to take you on a little side tangent here, Peter. Are you ready for this? All right, I'm ready. Okay. So I this is going to be great for the league, which you and I agree on. Something that was interesting, I saw this on Twitter last summer about the numbers for baseball markets, local baseball markets versus local NBA markets. And I don't know if you knew this, Peter, but 19 markets that had both an NBA and an MLB team, 16 of them baseball was popular by a wide margin in terms of tv ratings really yeah really interesting very interesting so what i have been determining lately and i think part of it was a product of the just the the two teams being two teams owning each conference or one team owning each conference i think it lost a lot of luster and appeal to the local market teams now nba is has done great on a national level and i think people like to look at okay nba viewership was down last year what's going on mlb world series viewership was down this year what's going on there i think part of it is just the fact that look people are cutting the cord and there are a lot of things going on there but what i have determined the big difference between the nba and major league baseball i think with baseball because it's so wide open every year, yeah, the fans have a lot of hope and excitement in their local team. So they get more invested. Whereas in the NBA, we've seen a lot of teams with no real option but to have to tank. And knowing that your team doesn't have much of a chance, there's going to be more hope put into that baseball team. Now, the flip side of this, Peter, is that the NBA on a national level seems to be doing better than baseball at a national level in terms of people go and they watch the stars. They, they'll they watch a primetime NBA game and they'll probably outrate a primetime MLB hmm. game. Um, but it's just interesting to see the strengths and the weaknesses. And I think this year we should see a boost in terms of the viewership in the local markets. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that was a though a really really good comparison, and I, you're absolutely right. You know, baseball is about as wide open as it gets. Um, I mean, you even think you have the the Yankees and the Red Sox or you know, the Dodgers, who are kind of the powerhouse um, 
the powerhouse institutions, powerhouse um, um, teams. But still, you know, obviously they they haven't won the world. You know, they didn't win the World Series this year. So it's you're absolutely right. Just the wide openness it, it gives everybody hope. You know, like like you said, I think that was that was really well really well said. Thanks, man. I think yeah. And the thing is, is like so the weakness then for baseball is what ends up happening is when people's team gets out they might not have as much interest because they have more interest in their local team than they do for the whole league yeah right so when it gets to the national level then they they, they've lost interest because it's not their team yeah no i I agree with you unless they're like me and baseball is just like everything (laughs) to them (laughs) yeah yeah there you go so all right let's move over to the west unless there was anything else you want to touch on here in the east no, no, that, right. was, that was good. We're was good. doing well here, Peter. Okay, let's talk about the Tier 2 teams uh, here in this conference, the mid-tier teams. Who are you looking at? Well, the team I think that's um, kind of right on the edge here is, is probably the Pelicans. Um, and the reason that I did not have the Pelicans in my lower tier, which they very well could be there, is I think they just they have a little more excitement to them. Um, obviously, Zion Williamson brings a whole new level of excitement. But even without without him, you know, even with his injury, um, you know, uh, the, the other rookies they brought in, Jalil um, Okafor is having a nice start to the season. Uh, bringing in JJ Redick, they, they obviously Jackson Hayes and Akil Alexander Walker, uh, two really uh, exciting rookies. Um, I think even with that, even without Zion Williamson, they still have a little bit of excitement to them. I don't know if they'll be a playoff team, but I, I think the excitement kind of makes them a little bit of a, a, a second-tier team. Um, I think the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably this, this classic uh, Orlando Magic-type <laughs> team. Um, they're, they're a solid team. They're not terrible. They're not, they're not going to finish last. They've got some good players. I don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs. They might be. They're going to hover around there. Um, <laughs> that they'll they'll be they'll be kind of in that area. Um, they might make the playoffs. They might not. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, and the team that I, I think uh, is just on the, the cusp of, of of being a contender, but I still really like and I think will be in the playoffs are the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think Luka Doncic is probably the best young player in the, in the game right now, and he proved that again last night with his triple double. Um, going ahead against LeBron, um, uh, Porzingis obviously is an, another great piece. Um, we just got to see how the rest of that that roster comes together. I think they're probably that that team that's probably going to be the eight seven seed um, in the West. And, but I mean, it, it's it's there's so many good teams in this West. Yeah. Um, the team I'm a little stuck on right now is probably the Spurs. I think they probably fall right on the end of this line. Um, uh, I'll, I'll put them in the, in the the tier two category for now um, just because I don't know if they have the star power. I like what Mark's Aldridge, I like DeMar DeRozan, but compared to some of the other star power um, on some of the other teams, I think I'll probably put them in um, this category for now. Um, I'm looking through here. I don't know if I missed anybody. I think that's, that's probably it uh, for now. Yeah, did, I, did I miss anybody, Jack? I think that's pretty good because, I mean, this is a loaded Western Conference. and It really is. It really is. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. So, let's see. You had Dallas, uh, Minnesota, and what was the other team? Um, Dallas, Minnesota, 
Oh man, I'm I'm blanking. Spurs. Now. Spurs. Anyone else? And, and I guess the Warriors, the Golden State yeah. Warriors. Yeah. And, and honestly, they probably deserve their own category because <laughs> yeah. they could they really based on who's on their roster could be in any one of these three categories. Um, so I'll find, I'll put them in the middle ground here for now, um, just because I think you know. Depending on who who's playing, who they got, they're probably in this in this category because you know they could be they could have none of their big three playing, and then they're the bottom category. They could have all three. No, obviously not this season with, with Clay, um, but I'll probably put them in this this tier two for now. Yeah, I don't really know where to go with the Warriors. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're the wild card here. All right, I guess here's a good question for the Warriors: Do you see D'Angelo Russell getting traded this season? I don't, and the only reason I could say that he would get traded is if there's some off-court issue, um, some Kyrie Irving type situation. He he doesn't fit well with management. He doesn't fit well with, um, with with Steph and with Clay, you know. But to be honest, with with their injuries, they they kind of really need his scoring punch, um, because I, I'm not, I'm not. I love Steph Curry. I think he's one of the best players ever. I'm not confident that he can, he can carry a team by himself. Um, so I really think that they're they're gonna need his scoring. Um, and I, I don't know if the Warriors are quite ready unless Steph Curry's hand is causing to be out for a, a very significant period of time. I'm not sure if they're ready to throw in the towel completely, um, just with their championship pedigree. Um, so I, I would think it would be hard for them to decide to move on from D'Angelo Russell. I basically was saying they're they're throwing this whole season away, and when Clay gets back, then they'll they'll start from there. So I'll I'll say no. Well, well Clay isn't going to play this year. Well, I mean, they'll, it would be next season. I mean, right? So like, yeah. yeah. So basically, if they if they did decide to move D'Lo, they would basically say that you know that we're scrapping this whole season, and then next season when when we get everybody back, then we can will go full force for, for the title. I think what we'll see is we're going to see them for these next two months, seeing what they got. I think they're going to be playing. They're going to try to win. I think we get to the new year. All of a sudden, it's January, and things aren't going well. I'm not saying this is going to be the case. They could, Maybe, look, D'Angelo blossomed when he was able to have the ball in his hands and create. And right. I think he's he's in a better situation to put up numbers and stuff now with Curry out. I think this might be a better situation and for his own personal success. So if the team is not winning, if they're maybe around 500 or slightly low 500 or who knows, if a team like, let's say, Minnesota, who's in this category, wants to try to make a leap into the next tier and really needs a point guard and gives you a really nice offer, gives you several picks, maybe throws in a guy like Andrew Wiggins who could help with perimeter defense moving into the future uh, with Durant gone now. I don't know. I think... Oh, uh, man, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good scenario you just posed right there. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I feel like there are a couple of potential situations where I don't really think they got D'Angelo Russell because they were like, all right, we just, we really, really want this guy. I think they got, they were put in a perfect situation where they're losing the best player from their team. And because of 
where the Nets were, they were losing the best player from their team from the year before, and they had to in order to make everything work with Kyrie and with Durant, that they were able to acquire a very, very nice asset, and they might be able to turn that into something that could potentially set them up either better for the future or just make their team better for next year with in terms of fit. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I think it was definitely the right decision to to, to trade for him. And it, it, you're right. It, we kind of have to see how their, how their team does. Um, or do they continue to win? Do they be around 500? Or maybe they really, really struggle. You know, maybe they decide that they need to make some changes. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a very interesting fall. That, I mean, that that trade offer you pose with uh, <laughs> if, the, if the if the T Wolves can give Wiggins and maybe a couple other draft picks and some young pieces, I mean, that's it's pretty hard to say no to that. Yeah, and that would I think that would be a really nice fit for Carl Anthony Towns to have a point guard of D'Angelo Russell's caliber to play alongside, Absolutely. and I think that Absolutely. could really give them a nice boost. Yeah, you know, I, I would not be surprised to see them. Uh, be active and try to make that move, regardless of how the, how the Warriors do. Um, yeah, you know, to see if if that if that's a possibility. I think everyone is really into Dallas this year. I think they might be another year away. We'll see. I think they're going to be in on that edge of somewhere between eight and ten this year in terms of the eight seed and the ten seed. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think they probably need another year. Um, Maybe a little more point they, guard they, too. Yeah, absolutely. Luka Doncic is so yeah. special, um, and he's he's probably the best young player in the game. Um, and so it's just hard to not be excited about the team when you have a talent like him. But yeah, I, I think they'll fight for a playoff spot. But whether they get it or not, it's still kind of up in the air. For some reason, I thought they had acquired Goran Dragic. It's kind of like the same thing of me thinking the Heat got Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Goran Dragic is so hard to follow. He just he bounces around and <laughs> he moves. And he, he does a great job everywhere he goes, but he's just uh, he, he, you're right. You just you never know where he is really. <laughs> so that's like that could be another potential trade partner because of where Miami's at. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. But Dallas is interesting to me. I look. I like the Kings this year. I think the Kings could very well slide into that eight seed and finally make the playoffs. This has been such a long drought for their, a team that when I was yeah. a little kid was really an awesome team with Chris Weber and Mike Bibby and Peja Stoyakovich. Yeah. I mean, it would be a, it would be a great story for sure. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the top tier and then maybe I can try to count off these teams and see if there's a fit for uh, the Kings in these playoffs. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> trying to get the Kings in there. <laughs> um, all right, so I, we'll we'll start with the the obvious the two LA teams. Um, I mean, the Clippers and the Lakers. It's going to be really fun to watch those two go at it. Um, you got the Nuggets and the Blazers, who are kind of the uh, the, un, the forgotten teams, but you know both were in the Western Conference or semifinals and went to a seven game series and um, bring everybody back and have added some. Both teams have. Um, you got the, the Rockets who added Russell Westbrook and they still play their fun. D'Antoni, a lot of threes, James Harden ball. Um, and then, you, you know, you got the Utah Jazz that people also kind of forget about as well. But again, you know, they, they were a contender last year. 
Um, Donovan Mitchell hopefully takes a, has a really good season. They've added Mike Conley, uh, which was a great move for them. So we expect them to do do pretty well um, this upcoming season right there. So that was what, maybe 17? Is that something like that? Yeah. And, uh, oh, geez. It's West Denver. Is crazy. Yeah, Denver and Portland. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Denver, uh, Jokic is, is uh, Nicole, Nicole Jokic is, is probably the best player. Um, you maybe ne- never heard of him, never watched, but he is, I mean, he, he's really special. He is funny. We, we, we joke about him because he just, he's not a, a great athlete, but he he, he can roll <laughs> past shooting seven feet tall. Um, Jamal Murray, uh, you know, he had a great season last year. I expect him to take another step. Um, Malik Beasley, Gary Harris, they've got a great roster. Um, and, you know, they, they, they bring all their guys back. Um, and they were, they were the two seed. They were the second team in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't know how you can, uh, when, when they return everybody, how you, you can write them off. So I think they still are up there for a contender. And, uh, and the Portland Trailblazers, I mean, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum have become the, uh, the era of consistency in the Western Conference. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get from them. Uh, and again, you know, they were the three seed, um, people may maybe forget. And then they went to the conference finals as well last year. Um, so yeah, you know, same deal. And Lillard was playing with like a broken rib or something incredible. like that. Too. You know, they had, they had Hassan Whiteside and, uh, Pau Gasol, which aren't exactly, you know, huge, uh, impact moves, but they, they, they should help out, um, they should provide some some leadership and uh, some rim protecting, and uh, you know I, I think it's just hard for me when they when you return two consistent star players like that and um, a team that went to the Western Finals, you, you got them up there, um, and, and, and I, I fully expect those two to to be to be contenders once again. I really do. I think if I had to go with one team for the number one seed. Uh, I think I would go Denver. Uh, above, above both L.A. teams. Wow. Yeah. And you know why? Because, look, is LeBron going to play every night? Is no, right not. Kawhi going to play every night? Is Paul George going to play every night? <laughs> Those Denver players are for sure, though. Yeah. And I think you <laughs> could also say the same thing maybe Utah. I think both those teams have the potential to be, like, an excellent regular season team now. Yeah. When I say that, that doesn't mean that I would pick them as my all-time favorite or absolute favorite to win the West. I think all these teams are very close together. We're going to talk about which teams we end up liking the most to come out of the West. But I think that I th- I look at those two teams. I th- I could would not be surprised if those that's the one seed and the two seed at the end of uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised there. I think you. I mean, there's there some teams that are playoff teams and some teams that are regular season teams. But I think that the Utah and Denver are definitely primed to uh, to be really great uh, regular season teams for sure. And let's see. I'm going to give you a good toss up question here, Peter. All right, here we go. All right. So the Lakers off to a good start, four and one. I have some questions about them. I'm not as high on the Lakers as a lot of people are. And part of it is what I saw last year. I was not uh, very uh, excited about what I saw last year. Now they did get Anthony Davis. But what I really think would have taken this team to the next level is adding a guard like Kemba Walker, 
or D'Angelo Russell or Kyrie Irving, which would be so weird for Kyrie Irving to go back and be with LeBron or for D'Lo yeah. to go back to the Lakers. But I think, I think that that's what would really work well with LeBron right now. I think him and Davis, you could look at maybe the best front, one of the best front courts in the league, but it's an interesting pairing just because it's not like either is an excellent three-point shooter. This is a three-point shooting right. league. And then you got another unlikely duo in Houston with Westbrook and Harden. Which team do you think wins more games this year? You know, I, I'll, I'll probably go with the Lakers. Um, mostly because um, I, I think James Harden, I mean, he, he, is a, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. But he, he has some nights where he scores 50, and he has some nights where he goes one for 15 from three. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the Westbrook-Harden duo, it worked well in, in Oklahoma City with, with Durant, but a little bit of a different style. And, and Harden, you know, has played without him for such a long time. He's kind of had the full reins. Uh, and Westbrook has, has also had kind of the full reign. In the city. So it's interesting to see how those two go together. Um, I think the Lakers are, I think, Anthony Davis a little more consistent. I think LeBron James is a little more consistent. You're right; he might not play every night, but I think uh, I think it will be close. Um, but I think the Lakers probably end up winning more games in the regular season for sure. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I would go the other way. I like okay. Houston. There you go. What is that? And my rationale: I just want to say, two years ago, the Houston Rockets went to the Western Conference Finals, led the Warriors. And they were up 3-2. We all know how that went. I never in a million years thought CP3 and James Harden were going to work together. And Daryl Morey is all about analytics, which is really interesting to see the NBA version of that because analytics are something that we study so much in baseball. But Daryl's been very much ahead of the curve in several ways. Uh, with valuing these analytics, and they've paid off well for him over the last couple of years. Not last year, not quite as well as the year before. And I don't know if, like, here's the thing. Obviously, with analytics, you that can't measure team chemistry, that can't measure heart, right. that can't measure a, a number of things. But I think I just got a feeling that this duo is going to work well this year for the same reason that CP3. And Harden worked well. Look, CP3, not the same player as Russell Westbrook, for better or for worse. So that could, who knows? You bring in Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard wasn't a great fit with this team. So maybe it maybe it ends up being more like Dwight Howard than it ends up being yeah. uh, CP3. But I, I'm excited about this. I think that this unit, these two guys, are going to gel well for this season. And now maybe in the long term, I don't know if it's going to be something super sustainable. There could be a similar falling out like the one that we just had with CP3. I don't know if this is going to last very long, but I think they're going to work it out well together this year. And I would not be surprised if the Rocks end up going deeper in the playoffs than the Lakers do. I wouldn't be surprised by that either, but you know. It, it all remains to be seen. It, it will be very interesting to see how like, I, I, I fully understand your confidence. I, 
I, I they could. It does have the potential to to be a really really incredible duo. But yeah, you know, we'll see. So last year, Houston won fifty three games. The Lakers won thirty seven. So they were sixteen games better and. You know, I just have some questions just about LeBron and <laughs> year seventeen, and yeah. I don't, I don't love the way that he acted uh, with his team last year. I thought he kind of quit on them, and I don't, I don't think he was a good teammate. So I'm just, you know, to tell you the truth, Peter, I'm quite at the point where I would put the Lakers as one of the elite teams in this conference. Now, look, when I say that, I think they have the ceiling to be. Because they have LeBron James and they right. have Anthony Davis. Like, this team is going to be good. I just think it might take a little longer for it to yeah. work out. Yeah. And so I think this team is going to end up in the on the lower side of the play, around a 6 or a 7 seed. But they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs if they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, uh, I would not want to play them if they were, if they were a 6 seed. No yeah. way. So that's my take on the Lakers. It's very, very different from how a lot of people see it. But I just, I mean, I thought the Lakers were going to be that team last year. I thought they were going to be a top five team in the West. And I was really disappointed with what I saw. So who knows? And, you know, the other thing, Peter, it's they have so many new guys here. Like just so many new guys. It's just I just think it's going to take a little bit for it all to come together. Yeah, no. I, I, my thing is, I think I just, I have, I think the, I think Anthony Davis is in the prime of his career, and you know the, these other yeah. issues might come up, but I, I think you know when you just have uh, a star like LeBron James and a star like Anthony Davis, I mean, I, I just think one will overcompensate for the other, and I think that gets them to fifty-five plus wins, um, just on just on those two alone. Now, to that other stuff, we'll see how that goes. Um, when it comes to playoff time, maybe the, the the newness and the the fresh faces on the team and the lack of chemistry and these other the other issues that you brought, maybe those things come back to to haunt them in the playoffs. But uh, I think you know it's just when we have a team uh, a team with with Anthony Davis and his star power, and I I, I just think it, it it's hard not to like them and not to have them have them do so well. Yeah, for sure. I get you. <laughs> So we'll talk about a couple other teams here. Portland Trailblazers love what they did last year. I think if they can add one more guy, like a a solid number three. Now, it doesn't have to be a superstar, but like we said, maybe a Kevin Love kind of guy. I think this team could really jump up into that number. I think they could end up being the – I mean, look – as constructed, they can win the West. But if they add that team, add a guy like Kevin Love, I like them even more. Oh, I mean, I fully agree. If they if they get Kevin Love, I think they're definitely a top three team in the West. Um, I mean, a little heard of McCollum are just so special, and uh, and just the fact that what they've done, just the two of them alone. If if, if Kevin Love was added to this team, I th- I think they would be a lot of the, a lot of people's favorites. Um, I mean, they, they're just a team you just absolutely cannot write off because they just, you know what they're going to do. You know what you're going to get from them. And they're just such a, it's such a fun backcourt tandem. But if, if I were them, I agree, I would be doing whatever I possibly could um, to try to get Kevin Love and try to add just one more score, preferably, of course, a frontcourt score. Yeah. And it seems like there's an unhappy guy every 
three, four months that wants to get traded. So we'll see. Maybe right. there's another guy <laughs> that's not even on the radar. Right. Right. But who knows? Maybe they can uh, cash in on one of those trades. A guy that I have been impressed with, and we'll see him get a little more run this year because Al Farouk Amino, I think he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Nurkic is injured. Zach Collins, I was pleasantly surprised with what we oh, saw yeah. out of him last year. I was definitely someone who was a little skeptical uh, just because when he got drafted, I looked at him as a bit of a project, but he seems to be coming along very nicely. And he's starting to take steps sooner than I anticipated him to. Yeah, he, he was drafted, and there was right to be skeptical. He was drafted a lot on hype. I mean, he had a good, he, a really good NCAA tournament for Gonzaga after kind of an okay freshman season, and he was drafted on, you know, just hype and potential. And um, I think he came off I, the bench on that team, too. Yeah, he did. He did. And so you just saw little little pieces, little spurts of him, and uh, that excitement got him drafted. But, you know, I, I think he, he did do a nice job. And if he if he is able to come along, I mean, obviously the, the weak spot on this team is, is the front court. So the more that they can do to solidify the front court, um, obviously the better it is because you, you know what those guards are going to give you. And just any anything you could add to that front court is just benefit. So having him come along would be would be huge for them. Yeah, they've also had some bad luck in the front court because Nurkic yeah. got hurt last oh, year. Yeah. And another one people forget, but a guy that I liked a lot uh, going back to his days with Golden State that they gave a nice contract to a few years ago, Festus Azili. He yeah, has just been riddled with injuries. He's not even in the league anymore. Yeah, no, it's just yeah that that is that is some pretty bad luck. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the team that everyone is talking about right now. And really, I gotta say they are my favorite. But look, here's the thing: when I talk favorites, this is so wide open. This is not right. like we've talked about in the recent years. But the LA Clippers. Yeah. Man. Have you seen a team that has this kind of potential in terms of perimeter defense? No, I, I think that's what people just forget. I mean, you, you you have the star power for sure, but it's just Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit. I mean, obviously Kawhi and and Paul George. I mean, it's just it, it it's almost it's unreal. Um, and that's what they that's what they prided themselves on last year. They were they were a good perimeter defensive team. They guarded well. They played tough, and and they they brought back most of those pieces. And then you add two of the top ten players in the NBA. I mean, it's just it's rich is why they're they're my favorites too. It's just because the the toughness, the defensiveness, um, along with the star power. And they brought in two stars that kind of fit that mold a little bit. You know, they're business type guys. They're they're gonna guard. They're gonna play tough. They're gonna put the ball in the basket. They're not gonna put their egos and their personalities in front of the way. They're they're guys that are there to win, and they're they go about their business. And it fits their culture really well. I would agree. And look, we just saw Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs last year. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He seems to be taking the title of best player in the NBA. And he's a guy that I've been a big fan of for a long time. So it's been really cool to see him start to get that recognition. And what he if he ends up winning another title this year, just crazy. Just three different teams, three titles. And 
I mean, three titles in its own, that's that's yeah. unbelievable. But, I mean, now in another situation, back home in L.A., this is this is going to be so much fun to watch this it really team. Is. It's a great situation for Kawhi to thrive, and yeah, it is. It's going they're they're going to be a very fun team to watch. There's no doubt about that. So, do you have any concerns about this team? I I guess I would have one, and I'll let you go after this. You could make a little bit of a. You could say, hey, what if what if one of these guys gets hurt? They've both had some injury issues in the past. Um, I do think that. If Paul George were to be out, I still think Kawhi could give this team a great boost in the playoffs, and they they still can contend. But I mean, that would definitely be tough if they had to lose PG, but especially if they had to lose Kawhi. Yeah, that was the only thing that came to mind was one or both get hurt. Um, I think I, I agree. I think if you lose PG and you keep Kawhi, I think you still have a shot to contend. I don't think they're the favorites anymore. I don't think they win. But that that's all that really comes to mind. But if they're fully healthy and and nothing weird comes up or any <laughs> weird issues and you know, you know how the NBA is something weird might come up. Um I I, I I think they're absolutely the favorites. Yeah. And I guess the other thing to love about Kawhi is he really helped restore balance to this league. If he had gone to the Lakers, like yeah, oh thank my God. goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He he made the NBA fun again. And uh, he, he, he definitely made a good decision. So Make the NBA fun again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Thank goodness for Kawhi. All right. Wow. Would you go with the Clippers as your pick to win the West? Yes. I, got, I, would, go with the, I would go with the Clippers. Who would be, who'd be number two for you? Are you Lakers? Yeah, I'm probably going to say Lakers. Um, but you know, from there, I, I think the Nuggets are a really close third. I, I think that the the Nuggets and the Lakers are almost uh, on the same level uh, to me. Uh, I, I see them as being like two, three, and going seven games. But you know, if if Portland makes any kind of move, I think they jump up there as well. Yeah, and Utah. I mean, yeah, I, I got Utah and Houston and. Um, it's really just a, it's really tough from there. It's such a good conference, it really is. All right, let's let's count this out here, okay? Both LA teams. Yep. Houston, Denver. That's four. Utah five. And probably probably Portland. Oh, Portland. My bad. Six. All right. So that leaves two more playoff spots. Can yeah. I get the Kings in there? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to say no, but I know you're very high on the Kings. So. Uh, let's see. All right, so... I, uh, am, I personally, I would probably put the Spurs in there, and I would probably put the Mavericks in there. Um, and maybe the Warriors, well, you know, we'll see how, how the rest of their season goes, but I, I like those teams a little bit better, but... Who knows, who knows? Maybe Darren Fox has an amazing season and the Kings find their way in there. So I'm going to go Spurs and I'm going to go Kings. <laughs> there you go. Got <laughs> um, it will be interesting with Luke Walton, too. Yeah, they're they're doing a lot of good things. I, I personally just think they're a year, a couple of years away. But they're, if they, you know, if they get to the playoffs, there you go. And you called it. <laughs> called it right now we'll have to play back this clip if that happens or yeah, if it doesn't yeah, happen <laughs> they, yeah right there you go there you go 
Uh, let's see. Okay, so then in the East, you are going the Bucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with the Bucks for right now. Oh man, it's tough. It's really tough. I think the Bucks are the front runners, but I'm leaning a little towards the Celtics right here. Yeah. And I, and I can't really fight you on that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really can't. I, I fully, I can def, I absolutely see it. I want to hear you rank these uh, contenders in the East. Well, you got Bucks one, Celtics two. Would you have Philly three, yep. Toronto four? Yep, that's exactly what I would have. And then after that, how would you rank the rest? Well, if we're going right now, um, I would probably go um, Pacers five. Um, probably, uh, net six, uh, that obviously I think I would, I would probably switch up that order a little bit based on, uh, based on Durant's health. Um, and then I'll probably go, uh, heat magic seven, eight. Yeah, that's probably, and then then just having the, uh, the Pistons kind of and the Hawks on the outside looking in. Yeah, that sounds about right. I won't fight you on that. Yeah, the obviously the, the obvious wild card is just Kevin Durant. Um, I think I'd probably have the Nets a little bit higher, but as it stands right now, I think they're probably the sixth best team um, in, in the East. Peter, any uh, hot takes you got here? Oh, man. Hot takes. Um, yeah, I got uh, I got Tyler Hero, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah, let's do our award picks. That's a hot. That is a good hot take. <laughs> not Zion, not RJ, not John Moran. I'm going with Tyler Hero, rookie of the year. So Zion is going to be out for a while, and I really think that changes a lot of the way we look at this team. Because if he was healthy, maybe they're that team that gets in and as a team above the Kings, above the Maverick. Yeah. I, I, I like I, you know I like the pieces they brought over from the Lakers. I, I want to see some of the, how some of their other guys develop. Um, but yeah, you know, Brandon Ingram's a great start. Lonzo Ball is having a great start. Josh Hart, all those guys, and uh, you know obviously Zion's injury de- uh, definitely hurts. And uh, um, but yeah, if if he is playing, obviously they're the they're probably one of the most exciting teams in the NBA. Yeah, and even without them, they're gonna be fun to watch. I really like this situation yeah. a lot better for Lonzo Ball. Uh, yeah, just to get away from everything. It's a little more low key. Yeah, yeah. Get, get away from the spotlight. Get away from the spotlight. Get away from just play basketball. Yeah. A, a a person in his life who. Uh, seems to put the spotlight on him even more. <laughs> oh, yeah, who shall also remain nameless. <laughs> Man, if he was listening right now, he would be livid. Uh, we would know if he was listening right now. <laughs> we would know. <laughs> I liked Ingram a lot coming out of those that coming out of that draft and D'Angelo Russell, he developed nicely once he left the Lakers. So you wonder could this be a Lakers <laughs> maybe thing? It's, maybe it's the Lakers. Yeah, it's not. It's not uh, Ingram or D'Lo. It's it's them. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe there is something, and maybe it's <laughs> change of scenery, better situation, yeah. just or maybe just the way they're wired not to be in such a huge market. Now Brooklyn is a big market, but Brooklyn wasn't getting the same kind of attention the Lakers have gotten. Right. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do our award picks. So I'm going to go Ja Morant, Rookie of the Year. 
that's a good pick. I can't. I won't disagree with that. It's <laughs> a good one. Okay, most improved player. How about that? Oh, that is a tough one. Most improved. How about Ingram? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like Brandon Ingram. Uh, I'm trying to think if I, if I missed anybody. Yeah, I like that one a lot, though. That's a good one. You know, I'll go Jason Tatum. I say Jason Tatum. Yeah, improved. yeah, that's good. Or maybe Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. He, Don Mitchell could be a good one, too. I, I think Jason Tatum, if he, if he becomes an all-star, this got to go most improved for him. Yeah, that's a good pick. Or if the Celtics go to the NBA Finals, I think you got to go with him. Yeah, similar similar to how Siakam kind of grew and became a, a powerhouse, and that's why he he won the award last year. He um, just his contribution to the finals. I think I think Tatum kind of very similar season. Do they vote? I thought they voted before the playoffs. Oh yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna be wrong it, <laughs> but it it definitely it definitely solidified it when he won the award. We were watching the finals, and you were like, yeah, okay, that guy's the, the most improved, without a doubt. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Sixth man. <laughs> That's too hard. I'll go, uh, I'll go Montrez Harrell for the Clippers. Okay. All right, I like that. And another good one would probably be uh, Eric Gordon for the, uh, for the Rockets. Those two are probably yeah. my top two. I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with Montrez Harrell, though. I think he's gonna. I, I, I'm surprised he doesn't start with the Clippers right now, but that's who I would go with. Yeah, I, I like the I like the Eric Gordon pick. I'll go with Eric Gordon. Yeah, very very consistent. Always oh, does a nice job. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I'll probably stick with Rudy Gobert. He's just a. Uh, um, I, I've been talking a lot about consistency, but I really admire consistency. Um, very gifted defender, and I think you know we we were talking a lot of positive things about Utah, and I think if if they're going to continue to have a good season, he's got to be the same defensive presence. So I'll, I'll I'll stick with Rudy Gobert. So I would go with Kawhi, but I don't know if he's going to log enough games because last year I don't think he was even on the def- all defensive first team. And I think he was penalized because he didn't play enough. I think if he plays enough, it's him. Uh, But if he does not, I think that it could be one of his teammates. And I'll go, I'm going to go with Patrick Beverly because I think he's going to get a lot more attention playing on this team this year because they are going to be the favorites uh, for much of this season and they're going to be celebrated. So I think. P. Bevs is going to go like he's going to get it. That's a good one. I like it. Thank you, sir. All right, MVP. Uh, I'm going with Kawhi. I think this is uh, it's it's slowly and surely becoming his league. Um, and I guess the only, the only issue would be if he didn't play enough games. But um, I'm optimistic. I think the Clippers are going to have a great season. And uh, typically, the the you know, one of the one of the best teams with the most regular season wins gets gets the MVP. So, and they like to take turns in the NBA now. So, yeah, um, I think uh, I think it's Kawhi's turn. Um, I think I think he wins it. We could see him ending up playing more games here because I think he's just overall. This is gonna be the happiest version of Kawhi that we've seen. <laughs> the the warmest version of Kawhi. Yeah, <laughs> he mean to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he I think he's due for a great season. I really do, and I think he's 
he's so it's slowly and surely becoming his league and uh and, and uh, again, weirdly, they, they don't like repeats anymore. So uh, yeah. I think Giannis, is, can, we can write him off no matter what kind of season he has, unfortunately. <laughs> they don't like giving it to the same person consistently. So Kawhi should have gotten it back in, this is an unpopular opinion, back in 2017. Uh, he had an amazing year. He ended up going to Westbrook because he was averaging the triple-double. Uh, but yeah. I, I was a big fan of just what he was doing offensively and defensively that year. And what I think makes Kawhi so special is just the fact that you could count on him on both ends at the end of the game. If you want to stop from a guy, yep. do you pick anyone other than Kawhi? And if you want a bucket, yeah, if you want a bucket, a maybe Lillard, maybe, you know, maybe there are a couple other guys that you could toss in there, but uh, he's Kawhi's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Up. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. So I'll give an MVP pick because uh, I'm I'm going to operate under the assumption that Kawhi doesn't give them enough games that they're going to be disenchanted with him uh, as a result of that. Maybe not disenchanted, but he's not going to get the MVP votes because he didn't play enough. So I'll give you another name. How about Nikola Jokic? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. I hope he gets it. I mean, if Denver ends up being the team with the most wins in the West this year. Oh, he's, he's got it. It's it's his. Yeah. For sure. I think that's yeah. very. That's a big, that's a big, ooh, but I think that could very well happen. I think they're in a good situation to win a lot this regular season. Well, if, the, if that does happen, I think Jokic has a great shot. Just like that, we previewed the NBA season for the 2019-2020 calendar. That was awesome. That was good. We went through a lot. <laughs> we did. Uh, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to uh, you wanted to bring up here? No, I, I think the biggest storyline we hit on is that it's just a it's going to be a, a really fun season. It's going to be really entertaining, um, and I, I think it's good for the league, good for the sport, and uh, I'm excited. A lot of good storylines to follow. Yeah, and Peter, I really have been disenchanted with the NBA. In itself, for yeah, the last and, two years, just what? yeah, rightly so. I mean, uh, it's been it's been um, very stagnant, la- you know, lacking uh, uh, excitement, and uh, fully understandable. <laughs> and I used to be an NBA junkie, or at least I have been in the past. And I really started to move over and find my love for college basketball. Um, and even a greater appreciation there in r- recent years. But I, this is the most excited I've been for an NBA season in quite some time. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. But hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. College basketball games being played in just a few days. So we'll have a preview out for that. I'll have Evan Myers joining me. It'll be a lot of fun. Everyone, you're going to want to listen. All right. Well, I'll be one of them. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. All right, Peter. Uh, you did an excellent job today on the show. Thank you. Before I send you off, is there anything here that you'd like to plug? Anything that you'd like to promote? Would you like to throw out your Twitter handle? Anything of that nature? Yes. Yeah, um, all my social media is uh, just uh, P underscore Funk 2, um, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm definitely most active on Twitter. Um, so that, that's the best way to find me, best way to interact with me. Um, and then, uh, uh, Valpo basketball starts, uh, uh, Tuesday night, um, uh, ESPN three, ESPN plus, 
Um, actually, we have a good mid-major matchup that uh, not a lot of people are talking about uh, against a very good Toledo team. So uh, for uh, you college basketball junkies that are going to listen to uh, Jack's uh, um, preview next week, I think it's a, you know, there, there's the Duke-Kansas game, but there's also a lot of good mid-major basketball going around. So uh, that, that game's one of them. Yeah, so well, I'll plug that. <laughs> will that be going on during the Duke uh, in Kansas uh, and Michigan State, Kentucky I games? I unfortunately don't know what time those games are playing, but uh, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, is uh, Valpo Toledo. So okay. um, if you really consider yourself a college hoops junkie, that would be the check out some, <laughs> some good mid-major action. So, I'm going to pull that up real quick. I want to see. <laughs> We're going to have a game at 11 a.m. Baylor. Oh, jeez. It's playing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, UCA? I don't know who that is. Oh, Central Arkansas. <laughs> it's on ESPN+. Plus. So, yeah, it used, it's always fun when they have those early morning oh, games. Awesome. And then, let's see. Okay, so Duke and Kansas is going to be at 6. So that's the same time as the Valpo game. So here's what I want everyone <laughs> to do. Get your laptop, and you can double screen. There you can you put it Duke, Kansas on uh, the big screen. You can put, or you know what? Put Duke, Kansas on the little screen. Put Valpo on the big screen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun, man. We're going to have to do it again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as always. So that does it for my conversation with Peter Funk on an NBA preview show for the ages. You heard it all here first. So in June, I want you to be tweeting me and Peter. My Twitter is at Jack Vita show. You heard Peter's Twitter tweet at us and tell us how wrong we were or tell us how right we were. If you like what you heard on the podcast today and you'd like to hear more Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and you will never miss an episode. The folks who subscribe are the ones who get the podcast when it first comes out. It actually takes a little bit for it to go all the way to the Apple Store on iTunes, so it'll come faster to you if you subscribe. You'll never miss out, and you won't have to rely on my social media posts to know that there's an episode available. So go ahead and do that. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That does a great deal of help. It's great for the podcast, helping me get the show out there to other people. So that's a way that you can support the show. Thank you to everyone for listening. Coming up, as mentioned, Evan Myers will join me for a college basketball preview show. Very similar to this one. Should be a lot of fun. Last week, I had a great interview with Leslie Nice from Survivor China. Really cool interview just about what it's like to be on a reality show. What, what is it really like? What is reality TV? How real is it? And how do you get on a show like that? And how does it change your life? It was really, really neat conversation. Also hearing her talk about her Christian faith. So go ahead, check that one out if you missed it. Also recapped with the World Series with Chad Vaughn last week. So if you're not ready to say goodbye to baseball, at least you can enjoy that podcast before we start covering the MLB offseason. So had a great time podcasting today. Hope you all enjoy this episode. I will be talking to you guys soon. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters. <laughs>